Welcome into Locked On Phillies. The Phils sweep the Toronto Blue Jays via walk-off yesterday. Wasn't the prettiest game, but they got the job done. We'll recap that game. We'll preview a West Coast road trip coming up for the Phils. That's a very manageable one. Been talking about it a little bit this week, but we'll get into a deeper dive and some more good, relatively, injury news for the Fightins as well. A lot of stuff going their way. Should be a fun episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is indeed Locked On Phillies. I'm Connor Thomas, your host. Uh, you've been hearing me talk Phillies baseball for years over on the radio on 97.5 The Fanatic. It's my second year as a host here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can see me on television on NBC Sports Philadelphia filling in sometimes. Credential Philadelphia Phillies media member. Uh, it's all my credentials. But most importantly, I'm your host of Locked On Phillies. I want to thank you for checking out Locked On Phillies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for checking us out. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Go ahead and check out Game Time. There might be some big sport event that's going on, a couple big events going on in Philadelphia right now uh, that you might want to look into there. So go ahead and check it out. Use Game Time to go ahead and get those tickets. I'll tell you more about them later on in the episode. But Let's jump into the Phillies because the Fightins are starting to figure it out. They've won three games in a row. Yesterday was a tough one, a very tough win, because it was a pitcher's duel for most of it. So let's run through how the Philadelphia Phillies took down the Toronto Blue Jays 2-1 to one in extra innings to go ahead and secure the sweep. Now, first of all, where we got to start, of course, is the starting pitching. And let's start with the Philadelphia Phillies. Zach Wheeler went seven innings of three hit ball, one earned run, one walk, Seven Ks. I remember some guy yesterday on this very same podcast saying something about, hey, Zach Wheeler needs to equal or maybe even one up Aaron Nola's effort from game one in this series. Well, Nola went six. Wheeler went seven. Three hits, one earned. Only one walk allowed, seven Ks. He was outstanding in his 107 pitches. And the best thing about Wheeler yesterday and Nola the day before, the velocity was up couple of warm days in Philadelphia. As the warm weather kicks in, arm gets a little bit looser. The muscles are a little bit more stretched out further on in the season. So this is where you can start to see a velocity uptick. But for a couple of guys whose velo has been down, it's really important that they're able to throw at their best. Well, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler look exceptional in this series. But Wheeler was great. Only allowed that one earned run through the seven innings worth of work. Uh, the bullpen was pretty darn good for the Phillies as well. Gregory Soto. Went an inning of scoreless ball. Uh, Sorrenti Dominguez allowed one hit, but he got through his inning. And we'll talk more about Craig Kimbrell's performance a little bit later on because he's been outstanding as of late. But the bullpen was great. They're perfect. And uh, Zach Wheeler was outstanding in this one. I, I can't point to his start enough as a reason the Phillies were able to stay in it because the Phillies were down one nothing in a lot of this contest. The first four innings were scoreless for both sides. Brandon Belt hit a solo home run to right center in the top of the fifth, and the Phillies wouldn't score their first run until the bottom of the ninth when JT Romito hit a double to left right over the head of the left fielder there for the Toronto Blue Jays. 
Now, a lot of people were looking at that play and saying it wasn't a good read on the ball. I don't think that ball gets caught, even if it's the perfect jump. It was mashed to left field and one hop the wall. And uh, Toronto was kind of playing in a little bit because Harper was on second. And uh, Harper was looking at a situation where he knows he's the tying run. So anything on the ground, the outfield wants to be able to come up firing. Nick Castellanos was at first base. He advanced to third base on the play. And the Phillies had an opportunity to win it in the ninth. Probably should have won it in the ninth, but unfortunately didn't get the job done there. Edmundo Sosa made the final out of that inning. But fortunate for the Phillies because Edmundo Sosa can run. And they headed to the 10th with that ghost runner on second situation. Let's jump back to Craig Kimbrell now, if we will. Kimbrell, who ended up getting the win in the game, comes in in a 1-1 ball game with a runner on second. And what does he do? Two strikeouts in the inning, a perfect inning, does not allow the runner to score from second, which is great because I remember a situation, I believe it was against Cincinnati, where Craig Kimbrell came in and immediately gave up a hit the opposite way. Actually, that might have been Sir Anthony Dominguez. But there was a situation where Gregory Soto was thrown well. Uh, Kimbrell came in. It does feel like that Cincinnati series. Maybe it was Miami. But earlier this season, Kimbrell came in. I hated the move. He gave up a hit the other way. A run scored. The Phillies didn't score in the bottom of the 10th. And just like that, they lose in extras. So that didn't feel good. But Kimbrell's been really, really good as of late. He's been as advertised. Actually, he's been better than advertised because he kind of stunk at points with the Dodgers last year. But you can see why he was an incredible reliever in the past and why he still is a pretty darn good one. He takes care of business. So the Phillies are just looking at, hey, we got no outs. We got a runner on second. We got to find a way to scratch it across. So how did they do it? Well, let's run through exactly what happened because it was kind of a wild finish to this one. Uh, the 10th inning, the bottom of the 10th, I should say, was was certainly something for the Philadelphia Phillies. So uh, you look at a situation where Bryson Stott leads off with Edmundo Sosa on second, and you're thinking, okay, here we go. Strikeout, one out now, runner on second. You probably need a hit to go ahead and get him across. Then Trey Turner comes up and walks, has a great at-bat, an exceptional at-bat by Trey Turner. That was an eight-pitch at-bat. Saw a couple of foul balls there with uh, two strikes on him. Uh, Three-two count, two foul balls on two sliders, and then a sinker just down that he takes. A tough take, but he gets on first base, and that was beautiful by Trey Turner to not extend the inning because it would have been Harper with two outs, but to go ahead and set up something that you needed because Bryce Harper would make an out in his at-bat. He barreled the ball back to the pitcher, 106 miles an hour back to Miaza, who was pitching for the Blue Jays uh, at this time. And he turns, fires a second to Bo Bichette, who's coming across, and then he goes to throw it to first. And what happens? <whistles> Airmail right over Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Now, there was a play earlier in the game where uh, Vladimir Guerrero came home and threw out, actually, it was in the ninth inning, uh, threw out what would have been the winning run at home, and it was like out by a mile. I believe it was Bohm coming to the plate. Uh, might have been Castellanos. It was one of those two. They're both kind of taller, lanky-looking guys. Whatever. Bottom line is one of those guys got thrown out at home in the ninth by Vladimir Guerrero Jr. on a one-hopper right to him. So Guerrero gets the ball after it careens off the fence over by the Phillies' dugout. He goes to throw home, but it's too late to get Edmundo Sosa, who slides in safe. Sosa hustling the whole way. That's a tough thing to do. A lot of uh, players, now it's different if it's to the middle infield, right? If you're on second and let's say a ball gets hit to shortstop and that plays in front of you, you see the ball, you're like, okay, one hopper to the shortstop. No, they're going the short way to second. No, they're going to try and turn two to go ahead and get out of this and uh, set up a situation where they can move on to the 11th. So I'm going to round third hard because I know the throw's going there and, uh, and see, but 
And that's when the play's in front of you. When there's a like smoker back to the pitcher and he makes that play, it takes a little bit longer to process mentally what's happening, especially for a guy on second base who that's probably not totally in his eye space. Like plays in front of you are much easier to read than plays where you got to turn your head to the left and check and see what the pitcher's doing. Edmundo Sosa dug the whole way. Dusty Wathen made a great call at third to go ahead and send him home when that throw got over and just enough time. So hustle play by Edmundo. Uh, great work by Bryce Harper to leg it out to first base to make that play difficult. He wouldn't have beaten it. If that throw was online, Harper was out, the inning was over, and we're moving on to the 11th. But thank goodness it was not. And you steal a game where I haven't even mentioned the name, but let's talk about Kevin Gausman real quick and what the Phillies overcame. Gausman was outstanding in this game. He was better than Wheeler. He went only six innings, but it was six innings of three hit, no earned, uh, nine strikeout ball. Shut out six innings against the Philadelphia Phillies, and he looked untouchable. Now, it was a 4.05 start, which was kind of weird timing because the shadows got really, really bad there in the middle innings. And not to take anything away from Zach Wheeler and Kevin Gaussman, but it was difficult on the hitters to go ahead and make something happen. So huge by the Phillies to scrape one across late to extend it and then find a way to get Edmundo Sosa across the plate and extras. That was perfect. And they earn an off day today. Well, they would have had one anyway, but they earned it by getting that win. They can rest up. The Phillies' next take on the Colorado Rockies. That game is tomorrow night at 8.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go ahead and check out every pitch of the Phillies' hometown broadcast on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies, and you'll be able to hear that. And we got a bit of a West Coast swing coming up here. Two series out on the West Coast. Let's break it down coming up next and discuss a little bit about what the expectations are for this road trip and what the Philadelphia Phillies are looking at. So we'll get into all of that and take just an overview. We'll do a deeper dive tomorrow on the Colorado Rockies series and everything going on there. Uh, but we'll jump into that next as we continue Lock on Phillies. All right, I want to tell you about my friends over at the Game Time app. They're the sponsor of this episode, and uh, I got to tell you a little bit more about them now. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Shouldn't be at all. There's things like timing and seating and price and all this stuff. There's a lot of factors. So how do you make it as easy as possible? Well, game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. You got to forget planning months in advance. Don't worry about it. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Oh, I'm recording this on Thursday. Is there an event today? Oh, yeah. The Sixers have a chance to move past the second round for the first time since 2001. That's the first time in 22 years they can close out the Boston Celtics at home at the Wells Fargo Center. You might be listening to this at like, I don't know, 4 o'clock Thursday afternoon and say, hey, let me hop on game time and see what tickets are like to the Sixers-Celtics game six. It's going to be an awesome one. Go ahead and check that out. Taylor Swift's in town this weekend here in Philadelphia. If that's more your speed, go ahead and check it out. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and even more than that. The game time guarantee also means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you not just 100%, 110% of the difference. Plus, so many nice features like getting images of your seat before you buy. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just a couple of taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. It's perfect. GameTime app is a lifesaver. So download the GameTime app. 
create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's dive into this upcoming West Coast trip for the Philadelphia Phillies. So just to update you on what they've got, they're going to play three games in Colorado against the Rockies starting tomorrow night. Again, game one is at 8.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday night. You can go ahead and hear every pitch of the Phillies hometown broadcast on the Sirius XM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies, and you'll be able to go ahead and pull that up. Of course, you could probably search Rockies as well and get it, but we want you to search Phillies because you're a Phillies fan. Don't be listening to their stream. You want to listen to the Phillies hometown broadcast, but you can hear that through the SXM app. They got three games against the Rockies, then three games against the Giants. Okay, let me tell you the record of these two teams they're playing. The Rockies are 16 and 22. The Giants, 16 and 20. You're playing two 16 win teams. The Phillies have not had a good start to the year. They're below 500, and let me just go ahead and look at the standings here in the NL East. Seven games back in their division, eh, only a half game out of first place or second place, but still seven games back from first place. So you're looking at it and you're saying, hasn't been a great start for the Phillies. Well, they're 18 and 19. They're two games better than both of these teams are going to be playing on this trip. Very, very, very winnable games. Something that the Phillies should absolutely take advantage of. Taiwan Walker is going to throw for the Phillies in. Uh, is that game one? Yeah, in game one. Sorry, my app freaked out a little bit. Ranger Suarez is scheduled to make his debut on Saturday. That's huge. How he's going to pitch is going to be a huge determinant. Now he might only go four or five innings. Uh, they might be careful with him, but Phillies have an opportunity to go ahead and take a couple there with some of their better arms going. And then you got Aaron Nola throwing uh, in uh, game three of that series. Nola, again, with the off day, can go ahead and he'll pitch on normal rest. So you have three guys that are – Three of the top four pitchers in your rotation. No Bailey Falter, no Matt Strom, nothing funny going on there. No, you have actual legitimate starters against a very beatable team in the Colorado Rockies that you can go ahead and take advantage of. Then you play the San Francisco Giants out there in San Fran. Falter will throw one of those games. Uh, so that's the one that you got to have an eye out on. Uh, Zach Wheeler will throw the game after that to give him ample rest. And then you're going to be back to Taiwan Walker. So you get Walker twice on this road trip. He could use some starts put together. Uh, Wheeler and Nola's follow-up starts to strong performances against the Blue Jays will be something worth watching. And you're looking at a situation where Ranger Suarez, well, of course, he's the biggest start of the road trip in my mind. Seeing what he has available after being on the injured list with a forearm strain and going through all that rehab and everything like that. How does he look? How does he get stretched out? It's his first start of the year, and we're in mid-May. So definitely going to be a big boost, a shot in the arm to the Phillies' rotation if Ranger Suarez can be really good in this series against the Rockies and have a good start against that. I mean, on top of that, the pitchers that the Phillies are seeing, uh, Gomber for the Rockies, uh, Feltner, who else throws? Freeland. Now, Kyle Freeland's a good pitcher, but still, uh, Giants are getting – Manaya, who's been okay, he's not as good as he's been in past years. Cobb and uh, Stripling, you're not looking at the top, top arms in Major League Baseball by any stretch of the imagination. Frankly, the Phillies might have the better pitcher in every single one of the matchups that they have, besides maybe the Billy Falter game uh, against Manaya. But that's something uh, Bridge will cross when we get to the Giants series. Now, the Phillies, as far as playing the Colorado Rockies, 
Well, they've seen them already this year. They hosted the Colorado Rockies, and they took two of three against them. But it started with a 5 nothing shutout by the Rockies. Then the Phillies won 4-3. to three. Then the Phillies won 4-3 to three again. You remember that? It was the back-to-back 4-3 to three games to end that series, to salvage a series win. Oh, sorry, four-game set. I completely missed one. They won 3-4 of four against the Rockies with a 9-3 to three win in the final game. Uh, and they got mixed up because the next logo down there is the Mariners and kind of blend in a little bit. So the Phillies are 3-1 and one against the Rockies this year. It looked like they finally figured something out in that final game. And uh, that 9-3 to three game uh, was – or no, that wasn't the Kyle Freeland game. I believe Kyle Freeland pitched one of the 4-3 to three victories that the Philadelphia Phillies uh, went. Yeah, he pitched the third game of that series. So the Phillies already beat him, so confidence there. I mean, the Rockies are a beatable team. You look at a three-game series, and the expectation is two of three. The upside is three of three. And this is what I said about the Blue Jays series. Like, the expectation was split. The upside was sweep. They had to work hard to do it. and took 10 innings in the second game, but took care of business. Oh, by the way, and you probably already knew this because uh, the episode I put out yesterday, the news broke right after I recorded. But Kyle Schwarber seems to be fine. Played through his foot contusion that was possibly going to keep him out. Played yesterday. So that's all good news. He's healthy. We'll talk about more injury news coming up in the final segment for the Philadelphia Phillies. But that's good news. He'll be available for the series against the Colorado Rockies. But yeah, three and one against the Rockies this year. Um, the pitchers that threw in that early series against the Rockies too. Matt Strom, who the Rockies will not see anymore because he's in the bullpen. They might see him in the bullpen, but uh, won't see him there. Um, game two of that four-game set was Aaron Nola. Game three of that four-game set was, uh, you're looking at a situation where, sorry, I'm still on the Rockies page. Game three, all these games seem to run together at, at points. Christopher Sanchez made that start. And uh, then the final game of that series was the Zach Wheeler start. So the Phillies won games by Nola Wheeler and um, and Christopher Sanchez, and they lost a the game by Matt Schramm, who's not going to be throwing against them. So, so far, we're looking at, uh, okay, pitchers you're going to see have beaten the Rockies already this year. They haven't beat any pitchers that are in the rotation that they're going to see. All of this points towards the Phillies should be able to handle a sweep. The expectation for this road trip is 4-2. and two. That is the expectation. That is the minimum. The upside is 5-1. and one. The lofty, lofty, lofty goal, of course, is six wins go on a run. But it's hard to put together wins like that. It's tough, especially knowing Ranger Suarez is making his first start of the year. And you have a Bailey Falter starting there who hasn't been quite that good this year. So uh, proper expectations, 4-2 and two road trip. We'd be super happy with that coming back to Philadelphia, getting geared up to later on in the month have your first big-time divisional series of the year, not the Marlins, but uh, talking about the Braves and the Mets back-to-back. So there you have it. That's what I'm looking forward to, to the road trip. And coming up, we're just going to discuss a little bit of Philly's injury uh, news, like I've been mentioning. Good stuff. Not great stuff, but good stuff and much better than it could have been. So I'll tell you exactly what I'm talking about as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on Phillies. Oh, yeah, and I got to tell you about my friends over at So Rare. One of our newest sponsors, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams, including your fightings. So unlike under other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers own their fantasy experience. What happens is you collect, buy, sell, and compete with player cards that you hang on to against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. 
makes it perfectly easy to take care of business there. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next level competitions and rewards. So go ahead and check this out. I mean, you might be saying, what are next level um, types of rewards and competitions and everything? Well, of course, as you win games, you get uh, leveled up to different competitions and they happen uh, in a three to four day cycle is when the MLB game weeks happen. So twice weekly. It's quick hit. It's nice and easy to keep track of. And at the end of game weeks, uh, so rare MLB managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards, which can include so rare scarcity cards, make your team better, nice, game tickets, even better, merchandise, whoa, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. It's awesome. Now, prizes obviously vary depending on the competition, but you got an opportunity to level up your team and get in the mix for some of those great prizes. So head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. All right, the injury news I've been telling you about as the Phillies get ready to take on the Colorado Rockies. want to let you know one more time. 8.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is the game for tomorrow night, Friday night. So enjoy your Friday night out. Maybe you're having a couple pops and you don't have a TV in front of you. Maybe you're sitting out. The weather's been nice here in Philly. Well, you can hear every pitch of the Phillies' hometown broadcast on the SiriusXM app. Just go to the SXM app and search Phillies there, and you'll be able to hear the Phillies' Rockies matchup, but Jose Alvarado was placed on the 15-day injured list uh, because of an issue with his wrist and soreness in his wrist, and now it's turned to elbow inflammation, as you can hear the cop cars going by or ambulances or whatever. Sorry about that background noise, folks. Part of living in the city of Philadelphia these days, but anyway, uh, yeah, Sir, Sir Anthony, sorry. Lost my train of thought. Jose Alvarado uh, was placed on the 15-day injured list. He's been one of the best relievers, not just on the Phillies team, but in baseball this year. An incredibly hot start. And when you hear elbow issues, there must be some other stuff going on. Well, turns out it's minor elbow inflammation. Shouldn't miss more than the 15 days. Should be able to come back short of a setback. It's not anything major, which is huge news. So that's comforting when it comes to Jose Alvarado. It's not good that he's having elbow issues uh, on May, what's today, the 11th. But, I mean, he's had a lot of use because the starters haven't going that, been going that deep. He's one of the more reliable arms in the Phillies bullpen, probably the most reliable arm. He's certainly the most talented right now uh, as far as reliable. Yeah, it's probably him as well, and he's been incredible to start. It's a shame the Phillies are going to miss him for a couple weeks, but better than what it could have been. So that's some good news on the Jose Alvarado front. He should be hopefully – hopefully uh, available for one of those NLE series to end the month, but we'll go ahead and see how that all plays out. The good news is it doesn't sound like it's anything major to be concerned about with Jose Alvarado because this team needs him. Even though I did say this morning on the radio that uh, bullpen guys are probably the easiest to lose because there are so many of them that could step into that role. Like uh, you lose your center fielder. You probably got one or two backups that can take that role. You lose a starter. You're bringing a guy who's not a starter in from the bullpen or a guy that's not ready for the majors up from the minor leagues. So that's tough. Bullpen is like, okay, you're missing uh, Jose Alvarado, but you still have Sir Anthony and Gregory Soto and Craig Kimbrell and um, Andrew Bellotti came back up uh, from a rehab stint. So he's back available. You have Matt Strom now in the bullpen now that Ranger Suarez is back. So you can mitigate that a lot easier. But good news that it's not major. And uh, more stuff going the Philadelphia Phillies way. It's not great. It'd be better if he was playing right now, but having Jose Alvarado not have a major elbow injury is a good thing. Hot take there. 
that's all for today's episode of Locked on Phillies. Thank you so much for checking us out. Make sure you're rating and reviewing wherever you consume your podcast. If you're not watching on YouTube, check it out on YouTube and go ahead and subscribe. It's a great way to consume Locked on Phillies because you get notifications when new episodes are posted. So hit that subscribe button. It helps me out, helps you out. It's a win-win. So go ahead and do that. Uh, and that's all. It's an off day. Enjoy the night. Sixers, big game tonight. Go Sixers. Go Phillies. City of Philadelphia has been on a sports hot streak recently. Hopefully they keep it going and uh, hope you enjoyed the off day. We'll talk more tomorrow on the next episode of Lock on Phillies.